Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. It's a, it's another week of insanity. Total insanity. Uh, we can't keep Always. up. We can't keep up. Yeah. We got papers rustling because we got, no, no, just just like, oh, what happened? <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I want to remind everybody uh, that we have full-time businesses we run and full-time families mm-hmm. and the amount of time that we spend because it's needed, right? Like we can do this. It's a passion project for us. But we want to be able to highlight some things that we think you need to look into for yourself. So anything we mention on our podcast, we don't want you to just blindly trust us. We want you to go look this stuff up for yourself. And, and if we're wrong about something, let us know. And we hope that we're wrong about something. We actually. keep telling y'all to do that. Just <laughs> why? <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> I mean, even last week, I think I said something and it, and it might have sounded super misleading about the Pfizer connection with Joe Biden. What I what I meant was Joe Biden got more donations from Pfizer than any other political candidate in 2020. But it sounded like I said um, that he was the most invested like in Pfizer. He, like he donated. Like but he it, but when you said invested, it could go either way as far as they're, they're invested. That's right. yeah, I, That's they're invested together in either some way. way they they somehow right? invested, invested something. They together. They together. Somewhere. They got <laughs> a relationship. Y'all know Pfizer gets around, remember. Pfizer's <laughs> the pimp or the hoe or whatever. So Pfizer's everywhere. Pfizer okay. is the pimp of big pharma. Okay. <laughs> or, the, or the hoe. We're not, we're not even sure. We don't know. <laughs> um, but I, the reason we wanted to bring this up too is because there's, there continues to be more developments around Pfizer. And Kristen has been doing a deeper dive on this than we have at, you know, she's the resident uh, RN on the podcast. And so I think she does understand some of this medical jargon better than Amy and I do. Um, it's just my, my brain turns off yeah, when I start reading all those yeah, words. Right. Like, I'm like, done. And then, you know, Kristen, she can nail the stuff, but so I want her to talk about that, but before she gets into it, I just want to remind you of the connections that go in addition to, okay. What we just told you, which is the number one donor from Pfizer in the 2020 elections was certainly by like a hefty margin. You can look this up on opensecrets.org was Joe Biden. But I also want you to know that it, you know, it developed this vaccine in partnership with BioNTech and it's expected to bring in at least $65 billion in revenue in 2021 and 2022. You can, this is from Reuters. With 36 billion in this year alone, which will set the record for the single best year for any medical product ever. 
Wow. So we want you guys to know there's a money trail here, but it goes beyond money. It also goes to power. You know, if you want to get things done, you want to get the people on your side, on your team that can most effectively get things done. And there is an inordinate amount of former Pfizer connections in the Biden administration. And we think the American public deserves to know this. Okay. Now, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of his staff who is tied to Pfizer, okay? His ambassador to the UN, UN being important because again, we're getting these vaccines, not just to America, to the whole world. Linda Thomas-Greenfeld, her right-hand man, who's a diplomat, Jeffrey De Laurentiis, the State Department officials, Victoria Nuland, Wendy Sherman, Uz Rosea, Molly Montgomery, Philip Gordon, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris's National Security Advisor, they all come from a consulting firm known as ASG, which was founded by Democrat Madeleine Albright, who served as Secretary of State under President Clinton. It gets really incestuous sounding, right? Now, ASG, (laughs) it's crazy. (laughs) ASG represents Pfizer. Pfizer is one of their biggest clients to help them understand and influence that international trade policy, okay? So they have worked closely with Pfizer for years And now Biden's brought him into his administration. Anita Dunn, who's the leading strategist on his presidential campaign, okay, she also has uh, connections to Pfizer. Susan Rice, the domestic policy advisor for him, she holds up to $5 million of of shares of stock in Johnson Johnson, but 50,000 in shares in Pfizer, according to a disclosure that was made public last week. I mean, it, it continues. The Eric Lander, who's the White House science advisor, he has up to 1 million in shares of BioNTech, which is Pfizer's partner in the vaccine. Uh, Anthony Blinken, I think we talked about this, who previously consulted for Gilead Science, the biotech company that produced Remdesivir. Well, he's Biden's secret- secretary of state. I mean, mm. it gets real incestuous is what I'm saying. I mean, it's really weird. And I, I need a flow chart. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, it's so <laughs> overwhelming that like, we're going to put this in our resources, but you guys... It goes on and on and on and on and on. I mean, to the point that to think that there's no there's no connection to this huge influencing. I mean, nothing to see here. Yeah, it just doesn't. We don't all know this. Like, you know, that's the other thing. It's like, shouldn't this be okay? The government works. For us, correct? We can all agree on that. We've kind of forgotten that over the years, but they work for us. We elect them into office to, you know, make things happen in our best interest. And all this is going on and no one knows. And, And this should be like everything they do should be absolutely on full display, public disclosure, because we deserve to know like if there's ties that or put people in compromising positions, or if there's conflicts of interest when it comes to, especially yeah. something like this. Well, and guess who's, who has covered this? The New York Times has actually covered some of this ABC News has. So again, these are not just like right-wing speculations. You know, this is not just Fox News reporting. In fact, I don't even know if Fox has reported on this at all. Like I mean, this is information that I actually got from more of your more left-leaning sources, and especially Biden's son-in-law. I think everybody needs to know about this. His son-in-law is the co-founder of a venture capital firm that is heavily invested in COVID response companies. Mm -hmm. And ABC even did a report on this a while ago. 
because he's their chief medical officer of, of startup health. And they are very vested into companies that are part of the COVID response. And there were people who were saying then, hey, this can look really shady. Like he needs to back off. His son needs to, you know, like there, but there's so many ties, you guys. Well, here's my thing. Can I just, I mean, and I may be wrong, but I'm, I swear left-leaning liberal, they, they are, they have in his, in all of history have been not a fan of big pharma, big corporations and all this, like they, this is what they, what they don't want. This is they what they don't like. Skepticism. They, yeah. they don't like the, um, they, they've <laughs> always been skeptical of big pharma in the past. Yeah. And it's like, what has what has changed? Or maybe they still are, or I, I don't know. Well, let's remind everybody, Amy is the registered Democrat on the podcast, okay? We're talking <laughs> about right, left, center, right? Like Amy, so let's just remind everybody, Amy comes from that world. And Amy, it's funny, as the former registered Republican, um, I have come more toward the, the center because I hate partisan politics. And I feel like I have become more of the liberal of the 1990s, right? Where well, I'm I think like, that's the thing. It's like the, 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 Repu- the new Republican is the old liberal. Yeah, it's you like, agree? I'm more like, look, stay out of everybody's business. Let's be fiscally conservative. End of story. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, mean, it's just so crazy. Yeah. So, but I think that's, again, where we talk about we can be united in finding the truth, regardless of how we feel and the way we believe um, things should go. There should be unity in the pursuit of truth, which is the truth stands on its own and it's not partisan. Right. Facts are facts. And that's that's why Amy, Chris and I can get along so well, is that when we find facts, you know, we can we can agree on what the facts say. And Mm -hmm. that's not to say that people don't distort the truth and distort facts, but we we found tremendous unity in saying, hey, we see that something's wrong here and let's get to the bottom of it. And that's the way the country should be. There's only one there's only one group of something trying to divide us and it's evil. (laughs) <laughs> right. No exactly. Well, there no was this interview on Smarter News yesterday. I think I sent y'all a text, a piece of it to y'all. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting with this, yeah. um, this other, you know, girl that does a podcast that talks about current events, but she was saying, talking about women in particular, how, um, how much of a how value it is when you're a swingy voter mm-hmm. and that if you can be a swingy voter, then politicians don't just think they have you in their back pocket and they actually yeah. have to speak to you. They yeah. actually have to win your, you know, because if you just are like, oh, well, I'm just pulling the, the ticket Republican, yep. I'm pulling right. the ticket Democrat. Yep. And you're not actually like, it's the, it's the women who are, maybe, maybe I'll vote for this Democrat or maybe tomorrow I'll vote for this Republican, depending on That's how, how they align with yeah. what I think is right, you know, and, and fair and how I think about things like That's that. If we were all not tied to a party, Yes, they would have to work. They would it. have to work a lot harder. <laughs> and but it, it then it puts the onus on the voter to be informed, which I think, and we're going to talk right. about this later. We realize, like, when people want to know what happened in Virginia, um, politics got real personal over 2020. And when yeah. you start screwing with people's children, and mm-hmm. that, they're going to get informed. And what happened was, I think, more than anything, you saw the awakening of an informed voter saying. Mm-hmm. I don't like what I've seen happening in my kid's classroom. I don't like seeing these policies. This is troublesome to me and I want to speak out about it. And I think that's, that's culminated in the complete 
basically red wave that ran through Virginia this week, which we're going to talk about later. But I don't want to miss going back to Pfizer real quick, because I know, Kristen, as you're doing some digging in this, and we, we, we've talked about that, for example, they have approved the vaccines for kids like 5 to 11. Is that right? Isn't that right? Something like that, y'all? Yes. And I don't know how in the world they did that. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and, I mean. Well, meanwhile, Pfizer... With Pfizer. all the testimonies that were there, if y'all have not seen what Senator Johnson did and those testimonies from those people, it was amazing. And we actually have a clip we can share later, unless you want to. And, and now, Holly, do you yeah, want to do yeah, that now? Me, yeah, I'm going to pull it up right here and play so it. Because- a lot of these, yeah, so these, the, I didn't hear all of them, but several of them were like um, someone that actually was injured and hasn't been able to walk since then. And then there was a father, it was heartbreaking, talking about his son. Um, and then this, um, the clip that we're going to share, I just listened to it and I was like, oh my gosh, we have got to share this. This is, this is Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long. She's a doctor. She's an MD, Master of Public Health, Brigade Surgeon for the 1st Aviation Brigade, U.S. Army, Army Aerospace Medicine Specialist is what she says. Um, so she was on this expert panel with the medical mandates and she um, will tell you what she was asking. She was at a meeting with them. So go ahead and play yeah, that. Yeah, and remember, guys, this is if you haven't seen this, go look at Senator Johnson. The mainstream's not covering it uh, really at all. I don't think that, but Senator Johnson did uh, a panel with these people to get their feedback and about about vaccine injury. I want you to listen. Last May, I attended the Senior Preventative Medicine Leadership Course for the Army. When we're given an opportunity to ask the senior leaders questions, I simply asked. So we skipped two years of phase two trials and three years of phase three trials. We only lost 12 active duty soldiers to COVID. Yet we're going to risk the health of the entire fighting force on a vaccine we only had two months of safety data on. The response was, You're damn right, Colonel, and you're going to get every soldier you can to take the vaccine so I can get enough data points to determine if the vaccine is safe. Last May, I mean, I attended the preventative medicine. Sorry, sorry. That's all right. We had to pick our jaws up off the floor. For real. But I really didn't because we know that. and if you don't know, now you know, <laughs> like yeah. this, this is experimental. It's it's still investigational. It even says it like these trials are not complete. They will not be complete until 2022, 2023. And the same is happening for our children. We played that clip last episode these, yeah, these where he said, we're not going to know. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, like the children, okay. they just started the studies. Children were excluded in the previous trial, in the original trials. And so were pregnant women. And so were a lot of people. There were so many exclusions. Y'all would be blown away that they had all these exclusions. Go look at it at clinicaltrials.gov. You can look it up and we'll have links. You can go to the exclusion criteria and see the whole list of people. And they, But yet they are mandating it for everybody and denying medical exemptions. Okay? That is ridiculous. There is no safety in that. I, you cannot, I just can't even believe that they're practicing medicine. I mean, I well, can't. And this is the weird thing, too. Okay, we know that a side effect of the vaccines has been things like myocarditis, pericarditis. These are the things they will acknowledge and admit. 
But certainly if you go to a VAERS report and, and, you know, again, we've always said anyone can report there, but we know most things aren't reported. We hear this all the time. The Harvard study years ago showed that about 10% of vaccine injuries are actually reported. But here's the point. We know that it affects the blood, the cardiovascular system in a peculiar way for some people. And so wasn't it interesting, y'all, this week when the FDA made the press announcement that they're approving the first oral blood thinning medication for children at the same time they're approving the vaccine? And who's behind the vaccine and the treatment? Pfizer. Mm, Y'all, red flag, red flag. When have children needed a blood thinning medication? Is that something that's normally that well, kids I mean, deal that with? can happen. But, I know, but, but I mean, like something that's going to be mass, like oral, easy, like, okay, let's have something to, I mean, well, I don't let's know. just say, look, to give Jump them a benefit of the doubt, it could be that they've been working on this and it just sure. happened to Coincidentally. all come here because they got a lot of money right now. So maybe yep. they threw a bunch of more money in the research, yep. but it's very coincidental. And I just think it's something to watch and something yep. to know. We are planting the seed and you just go ahead and marinate on it. Okay. Well, I saw a picture too. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it was real or photoshopped or what, but I'll just throw it out there because it was along these same lines that there was a bus. Somebody saw a bus. It says spotted in Whitby on Durham Transit. And there's a huge banner on the side of this public transportation that says kids have strokes too. know the warning signs. Oh, my gosh. So it's like, are they trying to normalize what's to come? Like, is this propaganda and, and conditioning? Because do kids have strokes? I mean, they can, but it's not like this is a can, but I'm saying you don't put that on a public transportation bus. Like kids have strokes too. know the, well, look, once again, they could put it on there, but isn't it coincidental that they're talking about the strokes, that strokes are a very common, um, advert, not com- I mean, they are uh, way more common than needed common yeah. adverse reaction from the vaccine, you know, yeah. we're also yeah. making myocarditis and pericarditis seem very trivial now. You know, like it's never been just like, oh, it's fine. You'll be fine. It's nothing. And that's how they're at. That's how they're treating it right now. You know? Yeah. Um, Like you'll just get over it when we actually know that. Yes, some people absolutely do recover from that. But there are people who don't. There's people with lasting heart damage from myocarditis and pericarditis. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then and um, just to let y'all know, we uh, we can play the clip later because I don't think I sent it to you, Holly. But um, Dr. Um, Peter McCullough had a great um, little clip talking about the difference between myocarditis after vaccine versus myocarditis after the disease, like natural occurring. There is a difference and y'all should, y'all should, y'all should hear it. Maybe I can clip up, but I've got the link on our, on our Google drop. Okay, perfect. We can, we can, um, we'll, we'll definitely share that, that that's super important considering that, you know, we did talk about from the, conversation with Joe Rogan, excuse me, and Dr. Sanjay Gupta, that they were saying, you know, Sanjay was like, well, you can get myocarditis and pericarditis from having COVID. But what I loved about Dr. McCullough is he said, yes, but they were seeing a stark difference in the way they present. And this is important. This is, again, when you have full transparency, look, you're going to have vaccine hesitancy from certain people that don't know anything. You're going to have vaccine buy-in from people who don't know anything, right? Like there's uneducated people who make choices every day. That's, that's part of the, ability, the, the freedom of being an American is that you have the freedom to do that. 
But what, but, so you're not going to eradicate vaccine hesitancy, but you would have far more buy-in if there wasn't so much cover-up. Right. So much cover-up. I think yes. for parents to make an informed decision, if you look at the myocarditis situation to say, all right, this is how myocarditis would affect my child most likely naturally if they got COVID versus this is how myocarditis could affect my kid if I get the vaccine. Don't you think that parents should be able to know that so that they can make a decision what risk benefit is and, mm-hmm. and then look at all the other factors? That is a factor that should be considered. Right. But instead what they do is they label us and they do it but to to say to in a way that is negative and that creates a negative connotation in the general public. So if you have vaccine hesitancy, did you guys know that Merriam Webster changed the definition of anti-vaxxer from I mean, not just a person who doesn't vaccinate. Now it is a person who opposes the use of vaccines or regulations mandating vaccination. What how convenient. Yeah. Most people that I know who are vaccine hesitant have fully are fully vaccinated and so are their children. Like this Absolutely. is yeah. so insane, but it's doing it to try to create a stigma, to create a negative connotation so that the public bullies you into compliance. That's why I have so many damn screenshots on my <laughs> phone and screen recordings because they keep changing everything up. And now I have no paper left because I'm printing stuff out because they keep changing it. You know, I mean, it's absolutely absurd, y'all. I changing mean, definitions. Changing I mean, definitions, right? Oh I mean, they also change. I was trying to find it, y'all. I don't know why I found it, but where they changed the definition of vaccination. Oh, from, yeah. Yes. From before. Oh, yes. Do you have the picture? I don't know. I'll try to find okay. it while you're talking. From pre-2015 to between 2015 and 2021. And then they just changed it again. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's well, really, okay. well, she's looking that up. Yeah. Um, so um, I do want everybody to remem- realize that the, you know, just in case you don't know, when they submitted for the FDA approval of Pfizer, it's actually what it's community is what is quote approved. And from my understanding, it's like the application is approved, but it's not even available. So it, community, the, the approved vaccine isn't even available in the United States anywhere. You can't even go get it. So when you're getting the Pfizer vaccine right now, it's still under emergency use, author, use authorization for kids and adults. I mean, and, and again, it, it's that we're still under an emergency, even with numbers dropping again. Is it still a pandemic? Seven y'all? whole people in our hospital. And, and was there six? Seven Hopefully. in Wilmington last week. I think six in Raleigh, in one of the big Raleigh hospitals, right, Kristen? Six yeah. 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 Like, Wait, yeah. Okay, I found, I, found the, I found the changing definitions of vaccination. Vaccination. Y'all ready? All right. So before 2015, the defini- definition of vaccination injection of a killed or weakened infectious organism in order to prevent the disease. From 2015 to 2021, they changed it to the act of my cat. Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> the act of intro- He's screaming for food. I'm so sorry. Pickle. Um, the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease. So it went from prevent the disease completely to uh, produce immunity. And now they have changed the definition as of September, 2021 
the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. So it went from prevention to immunity to like some kind of protection. I don't know. Like protection, like just. Like, I and I guess that's why the flu, you know, the flu vaccine has never had what higher than, I, well, I don't want to say because I don't want to give bad information. But again, we've also known because flu strains mutate every season and it is a respiratory virus, much like COVID, that the mutation of the virus makes it very hard to vaccinate against. Because it just mutates. And I think there's a lot of virologists who believe that that's how COVID will be. It's now here to stay. We are going to have to adapt to the fact that this is another COVID virus that's on the radar. But here's what's interesting about this particular COVID virus. We know that once upon a time, it was a conspiracy theory to say that the COVID virus came from a lab. Of course, now fast forward in the recent months, it's become more commonplace to acknowledge it likely came from the lab. And certainly, any conspiracies around this are only heightened by the fact that Fauci, Dr. Fauci, has lied and not been transparent, acknowledged that he lied about masks when he said, oh, you don't need masks. Oh, well, yeah, you do. We just didn't want everybody to run out and buy one. Remember that? Where he lies for the sake of the public? Well, he kind of got caught. He got caught. And we want everybody to know, again, and and it's amazing if you go look at NBC how they will spin it. Yahoo will report. I look at NBC headlines and I'm like, my gosh, they're saying that we're the, the, that anyone who thinks that Pouchy is not an honest person is spinning stuff. So it's, it's again, it's such psychological warfare is the only way I know how to describe what we're living in, which is make you think you're crazy. Gaslighting, like you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy. But you know, the truth is sitting right in front of your face. Let me just, let me just. Wait, hey, I think that if you think that you felt, if you have felt crazy or thought that you're crazy, then you're not crazy in your thinking. But if this whole time you've been thinking, I'm right, I'm right, everybody else is crazy, you might be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's my advice, right? That's that's my observation right there. Well, because I have definitely thought of myself as crazy and I've tried to fact check to make sure. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Is that crazy people don't think they're crazy, right? So right. that's a really good point, Kristen. Well, Absolutely. Me- I just came in on that point. I had to walk away and feed my cat. But yes, that makes so much sense. It's the people who are not willing to budge and think that they're, they know everything and they're right. And they're the crazy ones because the people who are trying to figure it out are second guessing and doubting and just trying to like, work through it all and are thinking, am I crazy? Right. But they're critically thinking. Right. That's why. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Critical thinking will make you start to go, am I crazy? Is no one else seeing this? Am I the only one that sees this? Am I the only one that thinks right. this? No, you're not alone. Okay. So in May, the National Institute of Health, of which Fauci is the head of, you know, they denied gain of research. They put out this message that said, we, you know, we deny doing any gain of research, gain of function research. Fauci that, you know, also testified before Congress, his quote was, the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We remember that Senator Rand Paul came back at him and said, we have proof that you have. He continued to deny based on the technical definition of -of gain-of-function research. Well, in September, the Intercept acquired information that showed that the NIH had infected, had in fact conducted gain-of-function research in China. And so then that meant that in October, the NIH had to tuck its tail and admit to gain-of-function research. Yahoo covered it. We, we included the link so you can read it. 
But they also did something else. Not only did they admit to gain a function research, they quietly went on their website and changed the definition. Again, Again. 1984, changed the definition of gain of function research. They did this in October. So yeah, they admit to it and then they go change the definition so that it fits their admission. We need to go to old bookstores and just buy all the dictionaries. (laughs) Give them as Christmas gifts. Because they're gonna they're gonna burn all the books and then we can't go back and see. I mean, no, that sounds crazy. But it, I mean, it's what it starts to make you feel like. Are we just gonna keep rewriting history? Are we just gonna keep lying? Are we gonna keep changing the meaning of words so that we're not liars? That's such a slippery slope. That's so insane. That is so insane. But this is Fauci yesterday on Thursday with Fauci still holding the line. And I'm sorry, he sounds ridiculous in my opinion you decide for yourself take a listen you appear to have learned nothing from this pandemic will you today finally take some responsibility for funding gain-of-function research in wuhan senator with all due respect i disagree with so many of the things that you've said gain first of all gain of function is a very nebulous term we have spent not us, but outside bodies, a considerable amount of effort to give a more precise definition to the type of research that is of concern that might lead to a dangerous situation. You are aware of that. That is called P3CO. We're aware that you deleted gain of function from the NIH website. Well, I can get back to that in a moment if we have time. But let's get back to the operating framework and guide rails of which we operate under. And you have ignored them. The guidelines are very, very clear that you have to be dealing with a pathogen that clearly is shown and very likely to be highly transmissible in an uncontrollable way in humans and to have a high degree of morbidity and mortality. And that you do experiments to enhance that. Hence the word EPPP, enhanced pathogens of potemic. So when EcoHealth Alliance took the virus, and combined it with WIV1 and caused a recombinant virus that doesn't exist in nature, and it made mice sicker, mice that had humanized cells, you're saying that that's not gain-of-function research? According to the framework... And guidelines. So what you're doing P3. is defining a way gain of function. No. You're simply saying it doesn't exist because you changed the definition on the NIH website. This is terrible. And you're, you're completely trying to escape right. the idea that we should do something about trying to prevent a pandemic from leaking from a lab. There's the preponderance of evidence now points towards this coming from the lab. And what you've done is change the definition right. on your website to try to cover your ass, basically. That's what you've done. You've changed the website right. to try to have a new definition that doesn't include the risky research that's going on. Until you admit that it's risky, we're not going to get anywhere. You have to admit that this research was risky. The NIH has now rebuked them. Your own agency has rebuked them. But that's, the thing is, is you're still unwilling to admit that they gained in function when they say they became sicker. They gained in lethality. It's a new right. virus. That's not gain of function. According to the definition that is currently, <laughs> you know, Senator, the new, let's make it clear for the people who are listening. The current definition. Please make it clear. Two to three year period by outside bodies, including the NSABB, 
two conferences by the National Academy of Science, Engineering, and Medicine on December 2014, March 2016. We commissioned external risk-benefit assessment, and then on January of 2017, the Office of Science and Technology Policy of the White House issued the current policy. And coincidentally, I, I have coincidentally not the definition any appeared definition. on the same day the NIH said that, yes, there was a gain of function in Wuhan, the same day the definition appeared, the new definition, to try to define away what's going on in Wuhan. Until you accept it, until you expect accept responsibility, we're not going to get anywhere right. close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. I mean, we're still asking this dude oh, if, we no. <laughs> if we should have we would have gotten our reaction on that. <laughs> I mean, right? that's, that's like, okay, is that that's like saying we changed the definition of murder. If you just beat somebody real bad and then they stop breathing, that's the own fault. They stop breathing. You're not a murderer. You just hurt them real bad. That's um, a great and definition. They die on their own. I mean, this is the go ahead, Amy. And the same day. Yeah. I mean, that is not a coincidence. The fact that you're changing a definition and you just can't even admit that. Yeah. Like, yeah, that you changed like, you can't definition. Even admit that you changed a definition. You changed a definition. Yeah. Like, right? Wow. I mean. He, at one point, you can hear Fauci, even when Rand Paul says something to that effect back, you hear Fauci go right. Like, he's not disagreeing with someone, with, really, with, with, the, with that point. He's just saying, but here's what the American public needs to know about the definition. But here's what I want everybody to do not get lost in the definitions because all that is is keeping you distracted from the attention that you need to give this, which is that this probably came from a lab that Fauci has helped fund with the NIH and that it was in China, but that this the Obama administration had said this kind of research cannot happen on American soil. It was happening at the University of North Carolina. They yep. said it overseas. Guys, don't let this gaslighting, this, this, you know, talking in circles, like vague, just trying to like not answer the question, but answer the question. I mean, it's happening all over, like you said, psychological warfare. It's like, yes. what, what are we trying to like figure out from this? But it's just, I, I, it's like listening to your two-year-old ex- try to explain something. You're like, uh, yeah, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's the point? No, like it is, it is absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I just can't even believe it. So it's, they're saying, he's saying it's not gain of function research according to the new definition that they changed yes. it to make it, to make this situation not gain of function, whereas it would have been gain of function prior to him changing the definition. But yeah, but he didn't have to answer that. He said, according, he kept saying, according, according to, the to the current, current definition. Right. That's so right. Because, said, so what about if we were talking, if hypothetically, if we were speaking of the past definition, mm-hmm. would that be correct? Yes, because <laughs> the NIH admitted that. The NIH admitted they were doing a study in the Wuhan lab on coronaviruses. It was a it was a virus they had taken from nature. They created something that is not found in nature and that it was more deadly to the mice in the study, meaning that gained function. OK, gain of function in our old terms meant you took a virus in a lab and you made it more deadly. Mm-hmm. Period. Which is Period. Another, like a, a synonym. 
would be enhancing the, yes. the, the lethality. Is that right? Yes. Enhancing the which, is what they said, which is what he said, yeah. but he yeah. basically just changed it to a synonym. Yeah. Um, he went and looked up the, in his thesaurus. Yeah. He looked up a synonym <laughs> for gain of function. I wonder if that's in there. No. Oh, they're like, we got to know they, they're changing dictionaries. They're going to change thesaurus. Like they're going to, this is what's so insane is think about it. What would psychological wa- uh, warfare include? It would include the ability to change what things mean to change our communication. Mm-hmm. If we can't communicate and agree on what words mean, I mean, this is where people, this is why we feel crazy. This is why we mm-hmm. feel crazy. Yeah. You know, but again, this is the point that I think we three have drawn in this is there is so much smoke behind Fauci and this and, and the and NIH. Yet that's who's making, helping inform decisions on policy in America around the same virus they perhaps could have helped create, or they're involved in some business that creates this kind of virus. Well, and you're supposed to trust them. Just admit it. Just admit it. Like, if it was an accident, if it was, like, what if, like, they were working on this for a legit good reason or whatever, whatever the reason may be, and something they effed up, all right? Yeah. Take ownership, okay? And I think the the more lies, and I think another point we just have to make, too, and we can get off the gain and function boat, is just that the fact that the people were suppressed for even ha- talking about that. No, called crazy called conspiracy theorists. Theorist. And Trumper. Oh, yeah. And actually censored and banned. And yep. then they turned around and now they're now it's like, okay, no apologies, no nothing, right? Yeah. Media is not covering it. He still no. said in that interview, the part, we didn't play this part, and Kristen, I don't know if you've heard the end of that. Fauci said, he still says it's more likely that it's, it came, it's a natural virus. No! Yes, Bless he did. Heart. Yes, he did. In that same testimony, he said, because, um, you know, Rand Paul's like, there's too much evidence now. I mean, this is from a lab. He's like, um, actually, I disagree. This is, he feels like it. he is still holding strong to this naturally Ooh. occur. Okay. Either he's right and we're all wrong, or he is the biggest narcissist that I have seen on TV in a really long time. That you feel like you can lie so much that you believe your own lies and you just expect everyone else to believe him because right. you know, for decades, people have trusted this joker. And I, and there, I just think we got to stop going all in on this guy as a country. And we have got, we have got to stop the madness because it, it sounds insane, but uh, y'all, I don't think we even know who's running the country anymore because did you watch what happened on the whole immigration front this week? No, I, I missed some of that, but last week we were talking, because we were going to talk about it last week, or was it, oh yeah. no, with the money, oh yes, yes right? oh, the, yes. Yes. I watched Justin Chocolate last night, I was like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe like four or five days ago, all of a sudden this headline pops up out of nowhere, and, and it says, oh, the Biden administration um, is planning to give illegal immigrants whose families were separated under the Trump administration $450,000 a piece, be- right? Yes, and it could be up to a million of family. So, like, it was, it's a lot of money to illegal immigrants who were breaking our laws. Yeah, they they came to our country Mm -hmm. illegally. They did not follow the process that many legal immigrants in this country went through to become citizens. They, they did, they did not respect our borders, our sovereignty, but let's pay them $450,000. Why is it on us to do that? Like, where did that even come from? Um, the Biden administration. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm just like, okay, we're, I'm, Why try, I'm feel... seriously trying to think on the other side. Okay. Yeah. On the left side. Yeah. How are they, is it just because they feel 
bad for them? Of course we feel well, bad. Why is like, that on us for that money? Like, because because that money is our money. It's our, we're paying that. I mean, who, who pays for that? Who's, yeah. who pays for that? Well, and, what we do as the taxpayers and, and it is, it's an, remember when Trump was president and we had the lowest immigration issues we've had in decades. Do y'all remember this? Remember, remember when that happened? Well, there was so much criticism from the opponents of Donald Trump at the time saying it's cruel. And there was a time, I believe it was in April, where they just had a no tolerance policy. If you, They would separate families because they were penalizing people who were breaking the law. And when these families got separated, this is where everybody was like, oh, that's so not fair. We're like, well, don't try to come here illegally. And that solves it. Right. But well, half of them were traffic, probably trafficking. They probably weren't even families. Like they were well, probably kids that belong to. Right. Exactly. And I think people need to realize that too. That's like I'm a huge, huge empath too. Like I get it. Like you feel that it obviously has to be really bad for yeah. them to go through all of this to get here. Okay. Yeah, sure. But I also, we also have to understand and appreciate what we have and what we've worked for as a country and that we respect their borders. They respect ours, you know? That's and, it. I mean, and, it's, it's a law. It's, it's a law. It's a law. And, and, and it was broken. And this is the, this is the thing. So there was a window. Trump then passed another law or had another law passed that did not that reunited these families. So I think it went from like, I'm, we'll, we'll put it in the links, but I think it went from like April to June. Okay. So several months there where these people were impacted. And now the Biden administration is saying they want to write the wrong. Now, when we say the Biden administration, we say the administration, because apparently our president had no clue. These headlines come out. He's in Europe falling asleep at the climate summit, which was a whole. And that's his big thing, right? The climate, like that's his. Yes. This is a crisis, right? Like the the video of him falling asleep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, sleeping, and it's his thing, supposedly. Crisis. I mean, I take naps, too. I love up. a good nap. I love a good nap. But, like, when, when you're the you leader of the free world, I know. I'm kidding. You have I'm to just... stay awake. Right. Listen, and that's the thing. Like, when I heard the woman's <laughs> voice that he was listening to, she was real boring. Okay? So, I will not fault I, I would be, no, I would, It would be tough. But you yeah. got to you gotta take get some, you gotta, get some Red Bull. You yeah. got to figure it out. You got to like, figure it out. China is like, they, they made, I mean, they are just saying we're regressing. America's going down, you know, like this is just gives them more fuel to that fire. Who cares what China thinks? But again, I think perception is reality. And when people see us as weak, we're more vulnerable. We're more vulnerable. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen this couple clips of even from people with Australia or something with them making fun. Well, they're totally making fun of our president and the way that we look right now. We look like, we look like chaos. And then when things like this happen, we're at, at the first press conference when he's back into the country and he gets asked about this $450,000 payout and this is his response. Well, no wonder we look like we don't have our crap together because clearly we don't. Take a listen. <laughs> this ought to be good. I, I, I think so too. Uh, about the way forward, Mr. President, as you're leaving for your overseas trip, there were reports that were surfacing that your administration is planning to pay illegal immigrants who are separated from their families at the border up to $450,000 each, possibly a million dollars per family. Do you think that that might incentivize more people to come over illegally? If you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah, but it's not true. So this is a garbage report? Yeah. Okay. So $450,000 per person. Is that what you're saying? That was separated from a family member at the border under, under the last administration. 
That's not going to happen. I mean, so right there, he says, not going to happen. Guess what happens immediately after? The ACLU comes out and says, wait a minute. That is what's going to happen. That's what we've been working on. What is ACLU stand for? The American Civil Liberties Union, um, okay. which is, yeah. So they come out and say, no, that is exactly what we've been working on. And so then it comes out. And this morning, he says he's now perfectly comfortable with this. I mean, I liked what one of the Texas uh, legislatures, I think Michael McCall said, you can't break our laws, then win the lottery. That is not. <laughs> so can we go like move away and then move back in, like just cross? Can we just like go is it across the, the southern border? border? Kristen, tell them how much uh, soldiers get. So soldiers, let's put this in perspective, y'all. Okay. Soldiers killed in action get $100,000. The family gets $100,000. Okay. Soldiers that have put their lives at risk and obviously died fighting for our freedom, for our country, uh, they get $100,000 versus $450,000 for someone crossing the border illegally. And also starting in January, um, I don't know all these details yet, but um, Biden, the Biden administration is going to start fining businesses that don't have their employees vaccinated near the vaccine mandate, um, like 140,000 or four is, is some kind of one, four number, either 14,000, 140,000, like a day or something for, for not complying yeah. yet. So they're going to take money from American businesses. Okay. And for give, not being vaccinated, for not being vaccinated to pay the to, people who aren't vaccinated. Exactly. They're paying people. And are they going to require them to be vaccinated? I think they at least uh, need a vaccine, uh, before they get, before their they get their half mil, their half mil. Y'all, and listen to this. This is what's so crazy. When the ACLU came out and said the president basically, um, you know, is not informed basically on what on his own policy. Um, this was the quote from his deputy press secretary, because we know Jen Psaki has COVID and she's fully vaccinated, has COVID. And it says if it's and this is what she said, if it saves taxpayer dollars and puts the disastrous history of the previous administration's use of zero tolerance and family separation behind us, the president is perfectly comfortable with the Department of Justice settling with the individuals and families who are currently in litigation with the U.S. government because they have sued the U.S. government for breaking the law. Then they sue the U.S. government and they want to settle at 450000 Are you kidding like me? You break into someone's house and then you sue them. Yes! Because you want to be in their house and then you get paid a half mil settlement. It's I mean, such an injustice. It's, it's like changing the definition. Yeah. I mean, look at the pattern. Look yeah. at the pattern. Look at what's going on. Look at that. Look, we got changing definitions to get out of it. Yep. You know, we've got break of it, changing the law and the right. lawsuit. Yep. And then we've got uh, treatments for vaccine injuries that they expect. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just going back to that, um, talking about our, our American businesses, companies here being fine, just so y'all know, I looked it up because I didn't want to be wrong. Um, starting on January 4th, private businesses could be hit with $14,000 fines for each unvaccinated worker mm-hmm. under the mandate. Um, and then it says, making matters worse, they could also get fined 136000 for repeat offenders. Um, New York Post reported that while the mandate is likely to be challenged in court, a Biden official said it o- that it overrides any state policy against coronavirus va- vaccine mandates. And the rule applies to 
a businesses of over a hundred people. And that it overrides states rights, which I just want to remind you, we fought a war a couple years, a uh, couple, uh, you know, uh, centuries ago um, over many things. But one of the issues was states rights, the right of a state. And this country was founded that states would be able to govern themselves. And, 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 and that's where the pushback often in government is, is whether the federal government is overreaching. This is such federal overreach, in my opinion, based on the history of our country, it's 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 maddening. It's honestly maddening. But we can't expect this to make sense because guess what else doesn't make sense? The fact that there is now an investigation, as we remember, Donald Trump served a four-year term, was not reelected um, according to the, the vote counts anyway, right? I mean, so we don't, I don't, I've not seen evidence that he was not, that he did not lose that election that, you know, convinces us that he shouldn't be president, that Biden didn't win. Um, but I know there's speculation about that. I'm not going to pretend like that doesn't exist. But the Durham investigation is underway because while Trump was president, he was constantly accused that you saw it on every news station you looked at. Of four being, years straight. Four years straight, accused of a Russian, um, uh, of, of conspiring with Russia, basically, to have to beat Hillary Clinton. And then certainly, you know, there was the whole investigation with Ukraine. Trump basically, you know, released his phone calls and, and said, hey, look, I didn't I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything wrong. It didn't stop this from happening. What the Durham investigation has now revealed, not only that the entire thing was a hoax, go look it up. We have links for you. The entire thing was a hoax that was started that involved the FBI. There's now arrests that are being made, including this week, the arrest of the Russian analyst, Dame Chaco, who was their main um, witness to the Russian collusion. And he flat out lied. FBI knew that he lied back years ago, but never came forward to say, put an end to the madness. Now this, we don't have time to go into all the details, but what you need to know is this Durham investigation is going on. They are arresting people. They've now traced it back to the Clinton campaign, the Hillary Clinton campaign. Remember when she said she was accusing people of, of being, she accused Tulsi Gabbard of being a Russian operative, a Democrat, yeah. because, because she challenged Hillary, no wonder Hillary was throwing this stuff around. It was her campaign that accused the Trump administration of the very thing they were doing. And here's the crazy thing. You want to know if CBS, ABC, or NBC has reported on this this week, these arrests? Do you think they've reported on it? Not a word. Nope. Zero minutes. Fox did. Fox did. Why does this have to be a partisan issue? This is huge. It is an information You have been lied to for four years and your decision-making on everything has been swayed by some fake story. And now the people who, you know, are involved with this fake story are actually being arrested. You don't want to know that? Right. How is that not fair for the American people? It's cognitive dissonance. I guarantee you, if we send it to one of our friends, Mm -hmm. that she'd be like, well, they're lying. It's like me telling my husband, trying to prove my husband that I'm right. He's like, or, you know, showing him a journal article. He's like, well, they're wrong. I'm like, oh my God. Hey, you know something else that's like (laughs) super crazy and interesting? Talking about the Durham investigation and the Hillary Clinton campaign. Oh, this is a good did you know. I see what she's about to say. (laughs) Did y'all know that Helena Hutchins, that cinematographer that was accidentally shot by Alec Baldwin on that movie set, that she was the wife 
of a lawyer involved in the recent Hillary Clinton connected Durham indictments. Are you serious? Yeah. How that's about from, them apples? That's from Reuters. That's from Reuters. Uh-huh. So that's like, I mean, you can more count on that as being a more objective reporting. Right. So, mean, so there was a connection there. Her husband had something to do with this Durham, the Hillary Clinton Durham stuff. And I then mean, she was accidentally again, shot. Who knows what that means? Totally could be a coincidence. Could be coincidence. It yep. It's just, you know. That's uh-huh. weird. That is so weird. Well, one thing we should mention today, because I know we've got to wrap up soon. We, we want to finish by talking about the elections that happened this week, because that's important. But the spending bill that's going on right now, we want everyone to contact your congressman, congresswomen, and let them know if you are against the spending bill, you need to make your voice heard right now. Because in spite of the elections that happened this week, where Democrats, you know, when you put it on the scale, Democrats took a hit and Biden took a hit. And many people are agreeing. I mean, even even Democratic strategists are saying, you know, it was a hit for the Democratic Party. It's sending a message that the course that they're that the Democrats are on right now is one that needs to be revisited because the American public isn't happy. This is the bill that Nancy Pelosi says isn't supposed to cost anything. But it's come out this morning that the anticipated cost is not the one point two trillion or whatever that has been estimated, it's more around $4 trillion in expected cost. And the things, it was just rewritten again last night, so Thursday night. Friday, they're looking to vote on it again today. This has been going on for months, but it was written last night. It was not, they're going to vote on it today, written last night. No one's been able to read this 2,000-page bill. And this, the reason why I want to bring this up as we go in to talk about the elections here, I want everybody to remember back in 2009, Republicans won the governorship of Virginia and New Jersey. Obama was president. They were trying to pass Obamacare. Do you remember what happened? Four days after that Virginia and New Jersey Republican, basically it was like a what they call a red wave. Four days later, Nancy Pelosi goes in and passes Obamacare. And everybody knows it was a shady Shady thing that was happening then. And this is what she said, because no one had read all of Obamacare. But this is what this woman said. I don't know if I hope you can hear it in 2009 about they're going to pass a bill they haven't read. Listen. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it away from the hog of the controversy. We have to pass the bill so we can find out what's in it. This is how reckless they are with $4 trillion of your money, taxpayers. I don't know. Like we have to launch a vaccine to everybody to make to see if it's safe. Our kids <laughs> and our grandkids and our great-grandkids are going to be paying this back. In, I mean, this- the new bill include, includes 10 of amnesty for 10 million illegal immigrants. It includes the hiring of 87,000 new IRS agents so that they can target you for whatever they think that you need to pay the U.S. government. It is big government socialism. It is disgusting, in my opinion. It's like a mileage tax. And maybe they took that out. But I saw, like, they're even looking at putting a mileage tax for everybody. If you drive, you are now going to pay taxes. You know, you pay taxes on your vehicle. Now you're going to pay taxes on how many miles you drive. Like, they're going to be tracking. Like, is that still in it? I don't know if that's still in it. But we don't know what's in it. That's the thing. Hey, I wonder if they're still going to be studying things like this. Y'all need to follow Senator Rand Paul if you want to see where a lot of our money's going. Oh, yeah. Snorting your taxes away. Mm -hmm. $874,503. The National Institutes of Health 
gave that amount of money over six years to a researcher studying the sexual habits of quails that are high on cocaine. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Here's the money. It's, it is so, so glad I paid taxes for that. Mm. It, and it goes back to the elections. One of the, so as you probably know, in Virginia, they elected a, a, I mean, they, they are, they elected a new governor, new lieutenant governor and attorney general, all of whom were Republicans. And there was because a white supremacy. Okay. And this is what's so crazy. When you, st- I started watching CNN, MSNBC to see their coverage of that that night. And I was mortified that they were accusing Virginians because of this governor's election. They were accusing Virginians of white supremacy. They were, they were talking about dog whistling. <clears throat> they were basically saying this is just white supremacy emerging in Virginia again. Well, they were so ignorant that they didn't realize that while they had elected a white governor, they had also just elected a black lieutenant governor and a Latino, a Cuban attorney general. For you to say that this is somehow has anything to do with white supremacy is not just ignorant, it's idiocy. You look like a moron. And I cannot believe these people have jobs as journalists. But it definitely indicates why CNN and MSNBC can't even get a million viewers for one show anymore, because uh-huh. you're so lost in your own rhetoric, in your own tribalism, in your own doctrine, that you can't even see the forest for the trees. It's but such a-, a tired narrative. It's so tired. Oh. And like Joy Reid, our favorite on MSNBC oh. the other night, said that um, what happened in Virginia is dangerous for the country because of extremism and all this stuff. And actually the new Lieutenant governor, what's her name? She's so, it was like Winsome. Winsome. Yes. Winsome Sears. Yes. She, she responded to them was like, I would love to come on your show and discuss with you. If you're woman enough to have me, mm. I'm like, please, I will pay to see Ooh, that debate. Get that popcorn. <laughs> Let's get that going. Right. Well, here's Can the we last one on our podcast. Ooh. Oh, we could try. <laughs> she would be amazing. Here's the other thing, and we talked about this on our social media yesterday, very little coverage of the fact that this woman is an immigrant. She moved here at six years old from Jamaica. She joined the Marines before she was fully even a citizen of this country because of what this country had done for her. She's a Mm. self-made woman of color, and she made history by being the first, I think, woman and woman of color, right, elected to the office of lieutenant governor in the state of Virginia. This is huge. Where's all the posts about my daughter is now inspired that she can right. be? Where are like the empowered women empower women? No, but black women like Joy Reid on the left are calling it dangerous. What are you crazy? And this is the thing. A lot of this had to do with critical race theory, which again, the left continues to say doesn't exist in schools. It's not true. It's not a thing. Like, go watch. This is what they're saying to you. If you don't know about critical race theory, I encourage you to read Cynical Theories by two liberals, Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay. They're intellectual liberals. They're, I think one's, they're both professors, perhaps. I mean, they're not right-wing conservatives. They write about the dangers of critical race theory, about making everything about race in this country will be detrimental to our country. And I want you to hear this because when 
This is the, you're going to hear these talking points on the left that the critical race theory didn't have anything to do with this election. Let me tell you something, friends, it had a whole lot to do because parents have been at home on Zooms watching what their children are learning and they're alarmed. One of the best things about COVID, it forced parents to get engaged with what's going on in public schools. And I think that affected this, this election tremendously. Take a listen. This is um, Kaylee McEnany on a panel with Juan Williams. He's from on the left. She's on the right. Take a listen. Uh, it's going to try to play an ad for a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> Here it goes. We don't need an ad. No. Stop this up. Critical race theory was a top factor for 25% of Virginia voters. Uh, 72% called it an important factor. So the left, they still want to tell the 72% that this is just all imaginary. It was all in their heads. Well, I think there's it, there's no evidence that critical race theory is being taught in the schools of Juan, Virginia. Juan, there's a Kaylee. ton of evidence. But I do think... Juan, have, have you gone to the in Virginia fact, Department saw, of Martha, Education's website? Martha Let's pop it up. There, the the other... Let's pop it up. Virginia Department of okay. Education on their website right now showing CRT is currently there as a best practice. That is on the website, Juan. Not to mention a 2019 memo that went out uh, also praising critical race theory. We have a picture of that too. It is being taught. And that 72% of Americans, they're not crazy. Well, I didn't say anybody was crazy because I think this has been a culture wars issue. I mean, you should go oh. on to watch this, but I mean, we'll put the link in there for you. It's It's Wow. Well, I mean, how disrespectful to, to just basically take all the voters into Virginia and tell say that they voted they're racist. Yeah. I mean, and that that what they think is it's like all a big fat lie. Like, well, here's the misinformation. Huge bold statement. Huge. And the misinformation in this is that to say don't teach critical race theory is saying don't teach history wrong. All of history should be taught so we don't repeat it. All of history. Let's, in fact, let's really focus on Martin Luther King and what he said, which is, I don't want my children to be known by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Mm-hmm. Critical race theory stands in direct opposition to Dr. King. It is, it is making race a part of the conversation again, when in America, we want it to be less and less relevant because it doesn't matter what color you are, what gender you are, what sexual orientation you are. What matters is the content of your character. Your contribution as a citizen. Exactly. I mean, and we all respect every people's culture and where they came from, whatever color you are. And that's what we learn. We learn, we can learn different theories. We can learn, we can learn about it. Hey, this is one, one thing, but here's another thing. Okay. Here's also love and acceptance and kindness for all people. Here's also respect for everybody for where they came from and have an empathy and an understanding, but coming together as, as, as one united um, kingdom right now place, you know, I don't know, like, like why I just don't understand. And I feel like it's just, it's, it's the same with everything else. When people keep denying it, when it's there, then there's no trust. Like, can we just accept it, say it's there and, and work through this? Like, There could be a compromise if there could actually be open discussion and like actually admitting and taking ownership. Stop lying. Stop lying. Stop lying and twisting. Stop lying and twisting stuff. Stop doing it. And then there you just, where you get trust. You trust people that you can trust that they're not going to twist the truth and, and lie to you. Right. And we've just been lied to so many times. And for the left to say that critical race theory is not being taught. Listen, it's being implemented. It doesn't have, you don't have to call it critical race theory, but when, if you've heard language like violence is, that language is violence and science is sexist, 
if you've read that certain people shouldn't practice yoga or cook Chinese food because it's cultural appropriation, if you've been told that being obese is healthy, that there's no such thing as biological sex, or that only white people can be racist, this is all coming from what critical race theory and its doctrine that started back in France, I believe, like in the 1950s or 60s. It's just re-emerged because of intellectuals. And this is why parents are saying, stop putting it in the schools, because we don't want this in our culture. We want acceptance. We want, we want everybody to be an American. We don't want to start identifying on race. And why they can't understand that is only because of what Amy said earlier. It's cognitive dissonance, or it's just outright evil, that you don't want to acknowledge the truth. Was it Steve Harvey? Who was it? Was it Steve Harvey, that clip that you shared? Was it him that said, yeah. you know, what's perpetuating racism is the media? Yeah, what keeps racism alive in this country is the media. Yep. Because otherwise, like, I mean, I even posted about this last year, went to go see my son in his classroom at a very diverse school. And you wouldn't know those kids, every single one of them, buddies, friends, they don't know anything. And I, it's just so sad that that they're going to grow up and they're going to be inundated with these things to make them feel like they're (laughs) not good enough can't you know or that they're they should feel sorry or bad or guilty or whatever like can everybody just learn the abcs and the one two threes and science and you know social studies and just play kickball at recess kickball at recess (laughs) and just that's it (laughs) yeah and learn to think and that's why we call this podcast just think because we're just challenging you to think for yourself you don't have to agree with us we're giving you our perspective based on the facts we can find. Those, find. those facts will be listed for you on our resource page. We try to get those up. Sometimes we're slow in getting those up because it's a lot of work. But we we'll have those this week. We'll, we'll get those up. Thank you guys for joining us this week. We'll see you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye.